0: In this Palm Sunday message, Mike Burdick talks about the peace that Jesus came to deliver. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. All right, this morning is Palm Sunday. And it opens up a week that some have, as we've heard, referred it to Passion Week. Others have referred it as Holy Week, I kind of think it's like Shark Week, but at the end the shark loses. But it's a designated time that we reflect and we remember the final days of Jesus' earthly life, from re-entry into Jerusalem under a hail of praise and adoration, to the Last Supper, to His arrest, and ultimately His death. The week may end with Him in the grave. But with His resurrection that follows, we are ushered into a new reality. A Jesus with us continually in spirit, preparing us for His final return. Palm Sunday is the beginning of a whirlwind journey. A day that can easily be described as one of joy and one of excitement. But as we look closer, Palm Sunday is really about peace. And through Jesus' own tears, we realize that this peace was widely misunderstood. You see, Palm Sunday was a moment that was prophesied hundreds of years earlier. This moment was supposed to be known and expected by anyone well-versed and well-trained in the writings of the prophets. But even though they were told ahead of time that this moment would come, most didn't see the day as a prophecy actually being fulfilled. As we will see, some were confused. Some didn't get it at all. And there were some that just didn't want any part of it. Today, I would like us to spotlight these different groups of people that were at play on this day. Because on this day, we see a collision of these three main groups that together helped form the tears that Jesus shed. Today, we will look at those that believed but didn't fully understand. Those that missed Jesus' purpose altogether And the unfortunate ones that dismissed him entirely. Three groups, one day, leading to a peace unrealized. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank, we just thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here, being in person or online, so that we can step into this day and step into this week to focus on everything your son did to accomplish our freedom, to issue us our salvation, and to give us a hope and a peace beyond anything that we could realize or understand. So Lord, we just ask that you continue to bless our time together with your words and let our meditations of our heart and the words that come out of our mouths be acceptable in your sight and we ask this in jesus name amen okay so when when dean reached out to me a couple weeks ago and asked if i had any thoughts on palm sunday i was a guy that went what's that oh yeah that's that's supposed to be a holiday didn't know much about it, but I appreciate the opportunity to be in front of you today because it did give me an opportunity to dive in deeper into what really started off this week that Jesus went through in his final week on this earth. So to better understand Palm Sunday, let's, we are going to jump through the, the account of what happened uh, all through all four Gospels. So there'll be a lot of scriptural references, but I promise you I won't reread each passage each time. Um, but we are going to go through the four accounts and how they lead back to a prophecy in Zechariah. So to start off Palm Sunday, let's figure out what happened. Let's just go to what happened. And to do that, we're going to start in Mark chapter 11, and it's verses 1 through 11 that tells us the what. That's the nice thing about Mark. When Mark wrote, he didn't put in a lot of filler. He just was pretty much the reporter on the scene, gave us the facts, the facts only. And it's a really, really good place to start. So if you're with me, we'll go through Mark 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives... He sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by "'The door outside on the street, and they loosed it. "'But some of those who stood there said to them, "'What are you doing?' "'Loosening the colt.' "'And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. "'So they let them go. "'Then they brought the colt to Jesus "'and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. "'And many spread their clothes on the road, "'and others cut down leafy branches.' from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So to recap, Jesus is journeying in, and he's getting closer into Jerusalem. He's on the outskirts of town. He tells his disciples that I need a ride. So they go into town, they get him a ride. They bring back a colt. And mind you, there is a multitude of people around him. They're not just traveling as a small group of 13 or 14. This is a large group of folks. And all of these people are excited. They see this as an amazing event of just epic proportions. This is the day of all days. So Jesus returns under a hail of praise and adoration. People are excited. People are praising God for this moment. And for all intent and purposes, this is a joyous occasion. A day that we call Palm Sunday. But here, here we get to see our first main group of people. The believers. Those that follow Jesus' instructions without question or concern. He asked for a cult. He got a cult as asked. No debate. No committee meeting. Just a simple response to a simple request. We're going to be coming back to this group in a bit. But keep that in mind. As we take a look at Matthew chapter 21, because we're going to see our second group of people. Now, in Matthew 21, Matthew recounts the stories in, in verses 1 through 11, but I'm not going to go through that. Um, I want to focus on verses 10 and 11. As Jesus is now coming down the path, he's getting close, he's entering into the city, everybody's crying out, Hosanna in the highest. This is what happens. And when he had come into Jerusalem and all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. You see, these are the ones that don't quite understand what's happening around them. They're observant. Some would say they were a curious lot. They want to know what's happening, but they need the answer to fit inside the realm of their ability to reason. Okay, they can't really stretch their mind that much. Remember a while back, Jesus was on the road with his disciples and he asked his disciples, who do they say I am? And the disciples answered, some say you were Elijah, some say you were John the Baptist, some say you're some other prophet. See, remember that conversation? If we we go backwards a little bit. This, I believe, is who they were talking about at the time. The people that knew Jesus was something more, but just couldn't get from a really cool guy to Messiah. They just couldn't make that leap in their brain. They just simply missed it. People that want to believe in something greater as long as they can explain it or rationalize it. Jesus the prophet was easier to grasp than Jesus, son of God, the Messiah. Not bad people, just people that missed it. Hold on to that one because we'll bring these folks back into the mix here in a minute but let's let's take a side view let's take a sidestep right now and let's take a look at Zechariah real quick because all four gospels talk about this prophecy so let's take a look at it real quick because I think it plays into what we're going to talk about when we look at Jesus and his tears Zechariah 9 9 through 10 says rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt on the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He, meaning Jesus, he shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. Focus on that last part of 10 for me. Keep that in your mind. He shall speak peace to the nations. That is the key part of the the prophecy. The the, the disciples don't, the gospels don't really bring that into play, but it it is going to come in here in just a minute. So we have our believers, we have those that just missed it. Let's look at our third group of people, and to do that, we're going to look at Luke's account. Because Luke's account really sheds some light on the folks that just flat dismissed Jesus, that didn't want to have anything to do with him. So again... Luke 19, 28 through 40 tells the story. We're going to focus on 39 and 40 for a minute. Uh, At this point, he's on the cult. He's coming down the road. Everybody's singing and praising. And some of the Pharisees, verse 39, called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I'll tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. See, the dismissers, they're easy to see. These are the ones that not only reject the truth, but these are the folks that go out of their way to try to squash it. To shut it down. All throughout Jesus' earthly life, the Pharisees were the biggest group of dismissers. The problem is, they were also the most educated. If anybody was able to see and recognize prophecy being revealed, it should have been these guys. These guys knew scripture. These folks knew what the prophets had said before. They studied it all their life. They should have been able to recognize the cult and see the Messiah. But they didn't. They didn't just miss it. They failed to believe in it. They openly decided not to acknowledge Jesus because he did not fit into their idea of what a Messiah should be like. And so every chance they got, they would pounce. So now that we know what happened, And now we know the different personalities at play. Let's stop right here and continue on into Luke and take a look at Jesus' tears. When we go into 41 through 44 of Luke chapter 19. So again, we're we're on the cult. We're coming in towards the city. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it saying, remember the prophecy? Here we go. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an encampment around you and surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus came to preach peace. He came to demonstrate it and deliver it, and as he came in closer to the city of Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday, he realized just how much and just how far off people were to grasping that peace. And so we take it as a day of celebration. Jesus took it as a, as a moment that brought him to tears. I personally would like to believe that he's weeping more over those that just missed it than he was over the dismissers. But let's try to put it all together and let's see if that theory holds any truth. To do that, we're going to go over to John's version. John chapter 12, 12 through 19, again, retells the story. But this is an interesting thing. In John, in 16 through 19, he actually puts all three of the personalities all together in one package so that we can see them interacting in real time. Uh, Let's see. So 16 through 19 of John 12. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. All three in one. So let's try to break this down. Verse, first, first part, verse 16 shows us the believers. See, these folks, like us, were operating in a time where clear understanding was at a premium. They, too, struggled to understand But their lack of understanding did not deter their desire to be with, to know, and to serve Jesus. And because they persevered through what they did not comprehend, later down the road, God provided them opportunities of understanding needed to keep them moving forward. Does this describe you today at all? Can you press into God's presence in your life even when you don't completely understand all the details? And in doing so, can you think of a time you look back on a situation that once resolved had God's fingerprints all over it? See, that's the beauty of faith. The ability to see and understand God's movement in your life when understanding is limited. Because the end result of faith is peace. The very peace Jesus came to deliver, the very peace he preached, wept over, bled over, and died. So that through His resurrection, we as believers can experience in real time as we continue to walk with Him. It's about the peace. If you go down to verse 19, we'll jump down to the bottom. The Pharisees, these guys, the dismissers, they're completely and utterly frustrated. Everything they're doing is failing. The world is jumping after Jesus, at least for the moment. And what, what are they realizing at this point? What is fueling their frustration? A complete lack of peace. They did not understand because they didn't want to. And they didn't have the peace because they denied who Jesus was and chose not to want to know. I think today we like to call these folks, what's the word, haters? You ever heard the phrase, don't be a hater? See, they hate the thought that this man named Jesus had a presence about him that they could not command for themselves. And their end is a complete and total lack of peace. Oh, we can't stop praying for these folks. See, their dismissal of Jesus does not give us the right to dismiss them. We need to pray for them that God will show them a measure of peace that only Jesus can provide. But let's get in back into the middle of those verses. Let's take a look at the ones that just missed, verses 17 and 18. Because if you really look at it, it shows a hungry people. It shows a people that, yeah, they kind of get wrapped up in the excitement of things, but they get wrapped up into it because they still can't figure out they don't understand, they try to rationalize, but they also can't look away. They can't fight it. They can't deny it. They just can't understand it. People amazed and astonished over the works of Jesus, they had to see what all the fuss was about. See, they have a need to be included in the joy others are experiencing, but they, they too lack a full acceptance of the peace that Jesus offered. They can see it in others, but can't quite get to a place where that peace is realized in their lives. They're so close, so close, but they're still missing out. See, I believe this group represents the majority of the people we encounter every day. Good people so close to the truth, hungry for peace, but just a step away from realizing that peace. See, if this is you, Jesus' tears on Palm Sunday were wept for you. His heart aches for you as invitation of peace and presence in your life is incredibly strong. And all he wants is for you to take that final step and accept him, not as a teacher, not as a prophet, not as a miracle worker, but as a Messiah. And begin to enjoy a level of peace that only he can provide. As I wrap this up, I am going to ask uh, Dennis to come back up and join us. Because as you can see, Palm Sunday is about peace. The peace that Jesus preached and came to deliver. Some received, but for most, the peace was unrealized. As believers, we have a purpose to showcase the peace we have accepted, even at times when we don't fully understand all of our circumstances. This week is an opportunity for us to reclaim our peace by openly acknowledging Jesus as more than just a prophet, to declare Him once again our Messiah, and showing the world what real peace in their lives can look like. Those that dismiss Jesus again, they need our prayers. This week is for them too. This is a week of an opportunity to see Jesus in a new light and to experience Him as their personal Savior. This week has meaning for them as well. For those that long for peace but just miss the connection, ah, this is really your week. You who... You are who Jesus shed those tears for. Jesus longs for you. He wants you to know that peace. For you this week, starting today, is your chance to find exactly what you're looking for. And all it takes is a simple prayer. No fancy words, no long drawn-out dialogue, just a simple statement of faith. A statement of belief that Jesus is the one you want and need to step in as Savior of your life so that you can step into that moment and realize His peace. As we close today, folks, I'm going to ask you to stand because part of Palm Sunday is declaring the adoration that we have for the peace that Jesus gives us. We're going to have our prayer teams scattered about. If you are struggling to reclaim that peace, we want to be available to pray with you. If you're someone who just needs somebody to pray over them and pray with them to accept Jesus as your Savior, they are here as well. They would love to do that. And if, you just, if you're just tired of denying the truth, we're here for you as well. But right now, I'm going to ask Dennis to help us all stand together and use this moment to declare our adoration for Jesus, our love for Him. Let this day be the last day His peace in your life, in my life, Let this be the day that that peace is the last day that it goes unrealized. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A-W-A-K-E-N-M-A-C dot C-O-M.